Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Roots Podcast. I am your host, Sean Pitcher. Today we are very fortunate to have on Anthony Zamora. He is the Vice President of Nutrition, Culinary, and Hospitality at the Utah Jazz. Uh, I met Anthony back in 2018. We were just talking about this story before we popped on. Um, gave me the opportunity to come visit him at his facility. Actually, while I was at a wedding, walked about 30 minutes to get there, and we had an awesome chat. We've been able to connect ever since. Um, Anthony, really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. So what I start with every single person that comes on this podcast is I always ask the first question is, who is Anthony Zamora behind being a dietitian, a chef, now a vice president? Who are you? Yeah, man. Uh, so behind the title and, and everything, uh, deep down, I'm a worker. Like it's, uh, you know, I had my first job when I was 14, could never sit still. I still can't. And I think it's really, it's a blessing. You know, sometimes some people might say it's a curse too, but I'm just never satisfied. Um, always looking to improve anything that I'm pouring my heart into. So I really love, um, coming to work every day. I mean, it's a big part about my identity. I'm married for almost four years now. Uh, my wife and I actually met when we were in undergrad nutrition class at the University wow. of Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> she's a real estate agent and uh, we've been in Salt Lake City for about five years. We have a dog. He's a mix. Uh, he's like Husky, Shepherd and Pitbull. His name's Domino. He's a sweet, sweet boy. And uh, yeah, man, I do competitive Olympic style weightlifting. I've uh, got into that about a year ago. Really, really enjoying it. I've always loved working out. Uh, it's been fun though to have a, a goal and something I'm working towards. Uh, some people compare it to a golf swing. So always, you know, trying to fine tune the technique and work on it. And then I really love music as well. So uh, in school, I played percussion. I was in the marching band. In college, I was doing jazz drum set and uh, really love everything, you know, with a beat anything percussion related. I'm into, you know, old school R&B music. And uh, I'd say that's me behind the job. So basically the good music, not the music nowadays. You can't understand what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I'll give you the sun, the moon, the stars and the mountains. There you go. More. Yeah. I was just having that conversation with our strength coach today. Cause someone had put out a song. I'm like, did they just sing for four minutes straight? And it was the same words over and over and over. I'm like, yeah where's the meaning behind this like it, ha it has no meaning behind it whatsoever <laughs> uh lo love the competitive weightlifting i'm obviously a lifter myself you know training four days a week every single time in the morning um you know for me and i'm sure probably for you as well it's it's kind of my release it's kind of my way to to kind of get away from everything not think about anything and, and kind of start my day almost kind of in a zen state right got my training out of the way mm -hmm. my mind's refreshed you know, I'm full of energy, ready to start today. And then one of the guys are coming in, like, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm going to be the first one to yeah, say hello. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be the first one that's going to be high in energy. Obviously, they're walking in probably with this, like, oh, I'm, I just woke up and got out of bed type of type of body language. But, you know, being the individual that kind of brings the energy every single day definitely can make a huge difference with your, difference with your athletes. Now. Oh, yeah. It allows you to set the tone. Um, you know, there's a lot of power in a smile alone. So. I love that uh, you're on the same wave. Yeah, and, and that's something I've got from my um, uh, former strength coach I worked with, 
um, actually IMG Academy, Coach Dillman. He now works with with Connexon, but he's like, you need to be good body language, positive, high energy, always come in the room. Like, doesn't matter if the guys are down. Like, you need to be the person that's going to help uplift them regardless. And it shouldn't be matter if it's yeah. strength, sports size, athletic training, the coaches. Like, everyone needs to bring that attitude because you never know what's going on behind the scenes with them. Uh, the power, I think, of, like, nonverbal communication and energy and body language, like, it's it's so crazy when you think about it. And I think for anybody who, you know, hasn't taken time to think about it or focus on it, like, just you and your positiveness will literally transfer to someone and help them be positive. Um, it's, it's really cool to see it, and, like, when you do it so much, and it's just crazy. And, and I had where I picked that up a lot was I worked with a lot of mental conditioning staff at my previous job. Mm -hmm. And and like, that was things that they were telling me to look at. It was like, look at their, their nonverbal cues. Like how is their facial expression? Like how are they interacting with you? Are they, are they responding to you? Like, are they fist bumping you? Like I, I did, I literally just had this conversation with my players, you know, this morning. Right. You know, I said, Hey, I've been telling the last week, like, you know, you've been looking pretty tired and exhausted. Right. Oh yeah, well, I haven't gotten a lot of sleep, or you know, I I just haven't been keeping up with the routines and stuff that we've talked about. And I was like, yeah, well, I, I could see it from a mile away, like first thing walking into the building, you know. And him, like him looking at me, well, like how did you know that? So I went over a couple of different things and like how I was able to like figure that out and how I knew that. And I was like, just think though, like you go to college, people are gonna see the same exact thing, right? Like. Are you going to be, like you said, the one with the smile, the high energy, do what you're supposed to do, take care of your body. And you're going to be the one that the coach doesn't have to worry about. Or are you going to be the guy walking that looks tired and exhausted all the time? Like, can, is that coach or is that team going to be able to count on you? And just kind of get those wheels to start thinking in their head, like, is what I'm doing right now, like, going to be good for me and, and help me not only while I'm here in the environment that I am now, but in the next environment or around the next, you know, professionals or teammates or people that I'm going to be around. And just try to get absolutely them to that and get them to make that decision on which way they're going to go. Hopefully, mm -hmm. it's a game within the game. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the big things I know you explained before we popped on was you have a really strong passion in, in hospitality. You know, you use a couple of phrases. You know, one was, um, you know, you want to be the best experience in the NBA. You know, you want to give what's called roster love, um, which is giving every individual player that individualized care. Um, so could you just kind of talk a little bit about that? You know, what does that, you know, consist of and what does that mean to you when it means bringing hospitality to the players or even an organization that you work with? Yeah, I, I feel like in the framework of sports nutrition, you know, a lot of times it'll be uh, that sports dietitian who you kind of are that bookend of each day, the morning and the evening where you're going to be one of those first interactions uh, when an athlete comes in. And then the last one, especially if you have evening competitions uh, for they see when they're getting dinner. So it's really just like we're just talking about, like part of that hospitality equation is setting the tone. And so when you come in, are you greeted by a staff of smiles and people who are, you know, good morning, how'd you sleep? Like, uh, what could we get for you? Or is it like, you know, people that aren't doing those things, right? Do you come into an area or a dining room that is clean and has a ton of attention to detail or do you go into one where you know maybe it's not that way so i think that it's really just in in my eyes like the hospitality equation we're looking at 
all these different fine details and how do we dial them all in so that you kind of like create this environment where people have everything that they need sometimes before they even know that they need it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hey, you need a napkin for a small example, like, oh, it's right there. I didn't have to think about it. Like, they're just, you know, having things intentionally placed. I'm big on having plants in the room. So we work with a local uh, flower shop and like they order real plants for us. So we get stuff like that. But just um, every little thing, the signage that you use, uh, I think it all goes into the hospitality equation. Um, yeah. I mean, attention to detail is, is critical. I mean, not only like you said, the players, but the people that are walking through there, whether that's from another organization, whether that's the owners, whether that's the coaches, like taking pride in your space makes makes a huge mm -hmm. difference. And and people around you in your environment can tell and know that and, and tell what kind of person you are. And it helps, you know, provide kind of that trust. Like I know when I come in every morning to, to eat breakfast, I know where everything's going to be. I know Anthony's always going to have it. I know these are the type of individuals that I'm going to like come across like night and day makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Coming into these organizations, you could go I ahead. say like we're all cogs in the wheel. And so if you can create a great experience for someone on the medical staff or someone on the coaching staff, and then they're going to take that energy, take that experience, and that will help improve their interaction that they have within the next hour or two with the athlete. We're all winning and it's just comes yep. full circle. So um, we really emphasize on that with my group. Cause it definitely takes a village. Like you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. Right. And, and we all know every staff member is going to have a different relationship with the athlete. So if there's an athlete that maybe you can't get across hundred percent, maybe you don't have, you know, the best relationship with them, but this athletic trainer or this coach does, it's like, well, if I have the trust and relationship with now those other staff members and there's a message or something I need to get across or I, I really need to talk to that player, but I have a challenging time having discussions with them, well, let me lean on those other staff members now that can help me out in that situation because they know what I can bring to the table. They know what we have here. And, you know, maybe they're going to be the one that's going to spread that message to them to hopefully help them. And And it's okay to be able to do that, right? Like, we don't have to have every single person like us. If if they like another person and at the end of the day, we were able to help them and, and get to from point A to point B, it shouldn't have to be like, well, I didn't help them and they didn't want to come to me. It's like, at the end, of the day, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Did, yeah. did they get helped and did they get what we needed them to do or, or to change? Yeah, I, I mean, I love that part in not only with seeing a, a colleague to help an athlete, but the same thing with like, I don't, you know, make a lot of food anymore. Maybe like 15% of the food that comes out of our kitchens, like I'm physically responsible for. And I love, you know, seeing other people shine in that spotlight. And I love hearing other people be called chef and like just seeing everybody win because you know what the greater purpose is and what the mission is. And it's not about getting all the glory, no. but it's, you know, are we getting the job done and are we getting done at a high level? Sometimes it's a thankless position, you know, and it's like, you know, as a dietitian or a chef or whatever, you know, sports medicine staff, like whatever it is, it's like, are, are you okay with not getting thank yous a, th a thousand times a day? Like, are you okay with having to mm -hmm. put extra hours in and like, no one's seeing you do that, but you know, at the end of the day, like it's going to benefit them. And, you know, sometimes that's tough because they can definitely wear on you at times. Um, and you're, and you're looking for like one little thank you here and there once in a while or a little bit of appreciation, but 
you just have to know at the end of the day, like it may or may not come. And are you going to be okay with that? And sometimes that's challenging. But I think really cool to segue into is um, I know we were talking as well as congrats. You just got a promotion. You know, you're, you're now the, the vice president of nutrition and culinary and hospitality. You know, what is, what does that new role look like for you now as you're kind of progressing through the company? You know, I think amongst NBA teams, I know you probably have one of the, the largest staffs that, that I'm aware of from a culinary nutrition standpoint compared to most people. So you've really, you know, in the last five years, grown that program out pretty significantly. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been, it's been really, really cool to see it grow and just like all the things that we've been able to do to provide a great experience, not just for the athletes, but, you know, for a lot of different people that touch the organization. Um, I oversee right now. So as the VP, I'm overseeing the director of performance nutrition and then our director of culinary nutrition. And so those two are working together really to make the whole ship run. Uh, in the nutrition side, there's a nutrition fellow that works really closely with the director, um, helps out. And then in the kitchen, you know, we've got two sous chefs and then extra hands. Uh, we've got someone making like our own homemade pasta, our own bread, and then, uh, we're going to do, we've had one culinary intern in the past. We're going to do in a second one this year. But for me, it's been, you know, it started with me and one other person back in 2018. And now it's, you know, we've continued to do a little more here, a little more there, a little more here. And it's just like, we have a, but I'm able to pull away and go do a lunch for some executives that are having a, a meeting like for the business side and they're working on a deal. And so I'm able to go help that side. Um, but it's growing and it's allowed us to branch off and to do little different things like that. And I really get to, you know, in addition to like overseeing the stuff, just direct my energy to where I see the program needing to grow um, as it ebbs and flows and who needs support, you know, maybe did somebody call out sick today? Like, I know they're going to need some extra hands in the kitchen and I might just be jumping in and helping out with dishes, but like, that's, what's going to happen that day. Mm -hmm. um, and then otherwise like big picture stuff, you know, like I was saying earlier, I'm working on getting more involved with our business side. Um, we kind of joke around back in operations that, you know, the business side with marketing and the relationships and the partnerships, like they make the money for the team and then basketball operations, you know, we spend the money. So um, <laughs> giving back to that side a little bit and, you know, helping them look good and help uh, in any way that I can. But it's uh, it's really cool. So developing relationships with vendors, with designers, um, like you name it. It's uh, I like I said, I kind of get to pick where I uh, I give my energy on any given day. Yeah, that, and that's something I've had to do as well, like in this new position I'm at is, is under, start to understand the business, the branding the marketing, right? Understanding the different levels of where I can essentially help out as a dietitian. Like what does the business want? What does the coaching staff in my department and, and academics need from me? 
And then it's like, what does the athletes need from me? And like, how do I serve all three of those different levels? Because at the end of the day, right, the top level is going to make the decisions for what we're going to be able to do, what money we're going to be able to spend, what resources we get, which is then going to be able mm-hmm. to be, provide the best product that we can for the athletes. So it's like the more that I can help, you know, level one and level two, right, level three for the athletes, I'm going to be able to get a lot more stuff than I need at the end of the day. And 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 that's something I've had a definitely heavily invest in the last six months to try to get some different things that we're trying to shift towards, um, in our mm-hmm. facility. So that's been definitely a new and, and awesome experience and, and has provided me some opportunity to kind of think outside the box, um, and compared yeah. to possibly some other, other, other jobs that I've had in the past. And it's just, you know, to get some of the things that we need to get, it's just what I have to do. So it's like, if, if you don't think about what the business needs, then, I'm probably just going to be at square one basics and I'm going to have X, Y, and Z. But if I want the other stuff on yeah. top of that, like I'm going to have to find out how I can utilize that part of the company to be able to get those things. I and think I'm- it's so cool. Um, as the nutrition profession continues to evolve and, you know, hearing you say that and you, you like as a, background in dietetics and same with me, you know, being able to have a seat at the table of some of those conversations and, you know, contribute to the well-being and the growth of the business. So um, that's really cool to hear. And the other wild thing is just since the base of our company is, is a social media company, you know, half of our building is content and media. So it's like, and we have, you know, 50 to 60 million followers, which is larger than pretty much almost any NBA team or even some like major division one teams. So then it, it comes to as well, it's like, how do I understand the content and media side, right? Cause now everything's coming down to your, your community, right? Who, whose community are we using to bring to our community, to bring our, make our community bigger. If we make our community bigger, that's gonna then essentially help our situation in our business. So it's it's definitely mm-hmm. a different mindset to kind of think about there and, and be able to also, for my end as a dietitian, right? possibly whether it's now or, or, or in the future, being able to tag team with content media, right. And having a bigger stage or a bigger community to spread hopefully some of the information of, of what a dietitian does and kind of what that role entails and, and, and what goes into that. Right. So um, exciting things kind of coming forward. So that'll be, that'll be super cool to kind of keep diving in into that as we kind of go along there. Yeah, man, no, it's necessary. Uh, it's, it's crazy still, you know, we hear it all the time, but just uh, a lot of individuals aren't aware of the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian. Yes. Um, I still, I have, we to, have to tell, go ahead. I was going to say, we tell, we tell our guys like in the off season, cause you know, you have some overseas athletes, like they could be legit, but if you're in America, like, you know, like that's how we do our credentialing. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't even have, and it's, and sometimes the staff just, it comes down to staff education too, right? Like they just don't know, like maybe they've never been around a dietitian or, you know, that, that those two words get thrown back and forth all the time, like nutritionist dietitian. And, you know, sometimes I just have to like pull them to the side real quick. And I'm like, Hey, if you're, if you're talking to this recruit or this parent or, you know, this, this um, possible sponsor that's coming through the building, like I'm, I'm a sports dietitian. Um, yeah. And sometimes you got to say like, well, what, what is the difference? It's like, well, you know, I have a degree, I have credentials, I took an exam, like I'm not just a flyby, like took a certification over two days. Like there's, there's a pretty right. significant difference. <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail with you, but I'm just going to let you know, like, 
you know, I wouldn't call you, you know, like say, let's say our, like a strength coach, I wouldn't call you a trainer. I call you a strength and conditioning coach or yeah, I yeah. call an athletic trainer, a personal trainer. I call you an athletic trainer. Yeah. So everyone's yeah, got their yeah. title and, and they work for that title. They got the degrees, they put the work in. So it just comes down to like a general, you know, respect type of thing at the end of the day. Right. Spreading the word. I love it. That's, that's all we can do. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, cause I know you've been doing some more traveling with the team on the road, you know, as, as a, how does that look? How does that work? Like, are you going to the hotel kitchen and cooking? Are you instructing the other chefs how to cook? Um, are you developing a makeshift kitchen and you're cooking for, for the players? Like, what does that look like when behind the scenes, when you're, you're trying to feed the players during a, a super busy season with multiple games, especially too? Yeah. Um, so not just with, um, with our team, but it's been really amazing to see the growth of NBA teams having a full-time nutrition presence when teams travel. And it's been historically uh, all around, not just NBA, but, you know, a lot of times the, the strength coaches had to pick up the extra things. And now that a lot more teams are leaning towards, okay, we're going to bring a nutrition professional on the road, um, little stuff like that we can take care of allows everybody else to like do their jobs as they should. And they're not being strained one way or another. So for me, it was um, my third year, actually the COVID year that I started to do full-time travel. And um, that was based around like, you know, food rules were different in different states and, you know, can we get whatever? And so I got to be learning that like logistical piece and helping the team navigate that. But it became a beautiful thing because before that, I wasn't really involved with uh, the menu planning for the road. And we would use a third party person to set stuff up. Our strength coach was doing a lot of the hotel road menus. But then when I came on, I took all that stuff over and it's just been really cool because planning ahead, you know, our travel coordinator, she does a great job, but it's us working together with the hotel, their banquet manager, their chefs, and plain and simple, we just tell them what we want. Mm -hmm. And I try to be as specific as possible. And uh, we get comments that they're like, oh, we love your menus because I will like write something like, you know, make sure you season this to perfection or can we get some nice like decadent little bites or like I'll say like I'm having a conversation and uh you're having, they, you're having a conversation really enjoy that I think through the menu yeah right. so, <laughs> and they get what you're saying well, we'll, too. they understand yeah exactly and so we'll get comments of like yeah um your menus were like the highlight of our weekly huddle because you know they actually have all this extra it's just fun language that we put in there about how we would like to see the food presented um but that's for the hotels. And then out of uh, Salt Lake, our team, uh, our kitchen here produces the meals that we serve on the plane in the air. And uh, we've gotten that down. That's something also new that we've added since I've been here. And then doing like a uh, pregame meal, that's at the hotel. And then postgame meals, we'll get catering from local restaurants. Um, our director of nutrition, sets a lot of all that stuff up, but it's like kind of just either we have this awesome network between the NBA RDs where we're sharing a lot of different restaurants in different cities, like, you know, who's good operationally going to show up on time, food really good. And then some of it too, is just like a Google search and calling some people of, Hey, uh, your food looks awesome. Do you guys ever do catering? So um, that's how we set stuff up for the road. 
And uh, really, it's a great time to work on relationships. You get a lot of touch points. I feel like at the practice facility, you know, you really have like two, maybe three touch points a day, like on the way in, on the way out. And then maybe you're crossing by them like court, training room, weight room. But then um, on the road, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to see them at breakfast, you're going to see them at lunch, like you're going to see them all the time during the game. And it's um, a lot more opportunity for building relationships. Yeah. And, and being around the athletes makes a huge difference. I think I found that out the, mm -hmm. most, like, the, the past place I was at, you know, the last three years was I spent almost half of my day, probably four hours of my day, just being out of practice, being out at lifts, you know, going not only my own workshops, going to other workshops with maybe mental conditioning or our leadership coach, right? And just being involved with my staff, being involved with the athletes. And the first thing they always notice too is like when you're not there, when you typically are there, where were you at? Why weren't you there? Like we haven't seen you in a minute. And then it becomes like, you know, a big like they're giving you a hard time because they almost expect you to be there because you're their guy or you're their girl or whoever right, they right. specifically be, which is always a good sign because you're like, all right, you, you you obviously care enough. I care about you. You care enough that I'm here because you wouldn't be saying anything if you, if you didn't care at all. So it's like there exactly. becomes that, that relationship and that bond that you know that's happening. And then, you know, every player you're going to have kind of a different relationship at the end of the day too. But yeah, any anytime you kind of slip in those little tidbits, where you can, because now you have the better trust relationship on the road. And, and they also know you're going through the grind with them, right? Home away the entirety of the season. Like they know you're in the thick of things with them, which, which also makes a huge difference. If you're a person, you know, that's why I know sometimes that, you know, dietitians that consult, you know, that five, 10 hours a week, you know, that's, that's tough, right? How are you going to have buy yeah. and how are you going to have the opportunity for the athlete to, to want to listen to you when, you're just kind of there sprinkled in sparsely, you know, that becomes super challenging. The athletes can only listen to, to so much. I think that uh, most of, most of the sports is what they would call unconventional counseling, where it's going to happen at a random place, water cooler chat type of thing uh, versus people actually coming to the office. So, yeah. Don't be an, <laughs> that's the biggest advice I give to any young dietitian. Don't be an office person. Get out and about, be around the athletes, be around the staff. Like no one's going to want to come find you in your office. Like you can get so much done and get so much information out being there in the moment and, and taking advantage of the moment too, right? Like you see a guy struggling, doesn't have energy, not getting good sleep, right? You might have to capitalize on that moment. Say like, Hey, I see you're like really exhausted. Like, and I, I'm watching you in the game. Like I could tell it's affecting you. You're not getting as many minutes. You're missing shots. Right. Like you can start working with sports science and looking at the data there and intertwine and collaborate on that, on that end. And then all of a sudden, boom, you just kind of bought them in a little bit. Cause they're like, yeah, I do feel like that. Or like, yeah, I haven't been playing very well. And now boom, you, you utilize that moment. And now you're able to slip in some information that hopefully they listen to. And then, start to improve and see the difference and it's like do you want to go back to feeling like mm -hmm. that no well then let's continue to keep consistent on this schedule and this routine and doing this because we've seen when you're out in the court during a game it's allowed you to play 10 times better and the data shows everything's about data right if you're not testing you're guessing so if we're testing the data is showing that you're doing good you're improving you're feeling great we're in a good spot yeah um 
I'd say those are some of the best feelings, uh, being able to give good news, you know, whether it's a body comp or um, any type of thing where it's, it's good and, you know, seeing them get excited about it. But I think it's nice, too, for the athlete to know that, you know, someone is caring about them getting better as well. And that, you know, I always say, you know, hey, my goal is for you to, like, have a long career right? Sign your next contract. Like, that's all I'm here to do is just to help you provide you the resources and tools. So um, it's, it's cool to see it come full circle and see them win. I, I always tell the way they come because we do, we'll do weigh-ins every Monday uh, in the morning before they go for breakfast. And, and I always tell them all the time, like, hey, if you ever need help, I know a guy. And it always kind of throws them off because they're thinking like, I'm talking about another guy. And they'll be like, oh, who is yeah. that? I go, <laughs> he's sitting right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> and usually you like trick them they're like oh okay i got you sure that sounds good i'll yeah. come chat with you great. later <laughs> so it's it's like uh you know a, a coach i worked with it's it's the game within the game sometimes they just give oh, yeah. them those little those little bits of information then because like oh i'm gonna weigh him give him a little bit send them off and the next day or two then what i say did they think about it Cause you're going to know pretty fast based off of like their compliance or their response, or if they, they tweaked and changed that little thing, you always typically end up knowing if, if they took that information in that moment and actually did something with it. So, but yeah, that's, that's always a, a special moment or really cool. Um, where do you see um, sports nutrition and maybe even the college sector or in the NBA? Like, where do you see that progressing and going from here? Right. It seems like you're, you're essentially kind of setting the standard with the staffing, having a culinary staff, having a nutrition staff, you know, now you have this new role, obviously has the hospitality end to possibly do something higher in your organization. Um, you know, how, how do we get more NBA teams to have just one dietitian or how do we get more NBA teams to, to, to provide the resources to our dietitians to possibly bring on um, an executive chef? Yeah. Um, so first off, like I think where I see it going is, um, and this is more so for me personally, where I feel like early on, I was a really big like hand holder of like, I'm gonna make your electrolyte drink for you, or like, I'm gonna do all these things for you. But then I'm coming back to some things like, what can we teach them to do themselves? Um, you know, like the expression that the athlete, when they're done with their career, never has to pick up a weight again when they have to eat every single day and how we can help give them tools like that. But it's like, I'm starting to come back personally to like, how do we give them skills and how do we make sure that they understand everything? And so, um, yeah, I used to be just very like, I would say handholding and want to do everything. But now that's, that's kind of where I'm going personally. And there are times too, where it's like, um, guy comes in for halftime, I'm gonna have their shit ready. Like, you know, of course, but like other times, like, you know, passing out electrolytes on the plane, like, Hey, do you want one right now? Hey, should you grab something for later too? And it's like knowing that they can, you know, rip open the stick and put it in and make their own drink. So, uh, that's for me. But then, uh, for other teams, I love this group of scouts and like, younger guys that are coming and you know becoming like assistant general managers and that type of thing and um maybe it's like a 
you know, person in operations or whatever, but I think that the younger people that are coming and seeing this stuff and becoming used to it, then as they continue to grow in their roles and, you know, take leadership roles in different organizations, they can be the person with the power and the authority to say, get that conversation going and then put something behind it. So um, I love the experience of, you know, having different coaches, for example, you know, come spend time with us here and then, you know, they go to a different opportunity and you know that a head coach has a lot of power. So if the head coach wants to do something, they can make something happen. So I think it's just something that, you know, over here at the Jazz, I'm going to continue to control what we can control, provide a great experience. And it's awesome having people come from different organizations and saying, like, I never knew it could be like this. But in my back of my head, I know when they go to the next spot and as they grow, because I'm surrounded by a ton of young, awesome leaders, uh, like they're going to push for that wherever they go. So I think that just, you know, continue to do my best and then spread the word, stuff like this, and uh, more people will continue to catch on. I love like look at other teams, like look at collegiate setting, look at the NFL and just how can we just just follow them. The NBA dietitians are, we're starting to follow a model similar to um, the NBA athletic trainers. So they're like a legit organization. Mm -hmm. And um, this is actually the first year that we're going to have meetings as sports dietitians at the NBA combine. Uh, you, you've probably seen like the NFL RDs always meet at the combine. And so we're starting to, you know, kind of band together and pick up some pieces and just, just try to make our name known a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's good with with more of these young staff coming up and and seeing all the different pieces that kind of come into play um, versus maybe some of the staff that have been around for quite a, quite a period of time. It just provides obviously more insight and more knowledge on you know how these different support staff members can play a role, right? And when they come to someone like your facility, and like you said, when they go to back to their facility or another facility, they're like, "Man, our guys really aren't getting this level of like." care or treatment or the ability to fuel and recover at the highest level that they possibly could be. And obviously maybe they're not going to go from zero to a hundred and, and have everything you guys have. But yet, like you said, it starts to get those gears thinking in that individual's mind to be able to have those conversations with the higher ups or the coaches and be like, yeah, maybe like the jazz are always staying healthy and they're always competitive because of X, Y, and Z. And like, I think these two or three things that they're doing over there, like, we should think about consulting with Anthony or bringing somebody in that could possibly like change this part of our, our design or, or what we have available right now, because it's going to make a huge difference. And I like I think that you, when we talk about, go ahead. Oh, uh, what were you going to say? Uh, the, the quick thing I was going to throw in there too. I, I like what you said about the individual part. Uh, one of my little models that I always say to our athletes all the time is um, I'll, I start this out when they first come in. And I'll have a kid go to the board and I'll, I'll go write down what you think the top three buckets in nutrition are. And I'll always say like eating or fueling hydration and sleep. And then the next question I'll ask him, I go, how many hours do you think you spend doing those three things? Right. And, you know, usually for eating, it's like one to four, let's say one to three hours a day or one to four hours a day with like meals and snacks. Um, I'll ask him, do you hydrate? Should you hydrate all day or should you hydrate just parts of the day? Right. Have them answer that. And then the last question is, is, how many hours of sleep do you think you should be getting? 
And then I go, okay, if you look at those three things, let's add all those things up. So how many hours are you spending doing those three things out of 24 hours every single day? Right. And I've kind of come down to where it's about 10 to 15 hours you're spending doing those three things. So then my next question I ask the athlete when they're up there in front of the whole room for everybody else, can you stop doing those three things? No, I can't. So you're telling me those three things are going to have a negative consequence some way, shape or form on, on your day mentally and physically or out on the court. Yes. Boom. Right there. <laughs> that's kind of yeah, my, that's that's like, kind of my shell shot. <laughs> yeah. So if you come to me, you tell me what you just all heard, and this is not important. I don't know what to tell you because if that's 15 out of 24 hours of your day, I would think that's pretty significant. Yeah. Can I use that? Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. That's going in next week's team talk. Live, learn, and pass <laughs> on. You, you can't keep all the information to yourself at the end of the day. It's about passing it on awesome, and, and hoping it helps everybody else. Um, but I love what you yeah, said about, about life skills. Um, we have, um, in collaboration with our academics team, we have called Pro Habits. Um, so obviously our population, we have kids that are 16 to 20 years old. Um, and we're trying to surround them with staff members across the board, whether it's communications, social media, financial literacy, nutrition, sports psychology, right? All the things that they're probably going to get exposed to in some shape or form once they hope, once they get to the college level or if they get the chance to go to, to the pro level. Um, and especially us for nutrition and doing food demos, action stations, um, and doing things that are tactile and things that have to keep them active or doing activities um, are definitely mm -hmm. found to be the most successful. They don't want to sit and like watch a PowerPoint. Like they don't want to sit and read a bunch of words off a screen. I've even honestly had to like transition back to just doing my education on a whiteboard and asking their opinion. Yeah. Like, hey, here's two issues I've seen across the whole group, all right? Like, here's cramping and here's, um, you know, pre-competition feeling. Which two do you want to talk about? Okay, cramping's a big issue. Everyone says they had issue cramping. Cool, we'll talk about that. All right, someone give me an example, right? So now it's like I'm mm -hmm. taking their information. I'm taking their choice. I'm taking a, a specific time where they had a problem. And then it's like, okay, let's let's write that on the board. When did it happen? What do you think causes cramping? And it's like, I'm getting my information on the backside, but now I'm creating interest on their side because it specifically happened to them versus- Yeah, uh, let them want... drive the bus. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, um, it's it's taking a different approach and curtailing, you know, how you, how, how you educate, especially guys nowadays, just because you, you can't do it the old school method and just throw stuff up there anymore. Yeah. Um, I wanted to cap off you know, like expanding on um, what we can do as a field to get better. And I think especially um, younger dietitians or newer programs getting started out, whatever. Um, we were talking about energy early on and I'm, I'm a huge quote guy, but I love this quote that says, uh, when you can't change your circumstances, you can change your energy. So just being mindful of like, instead of complaining of a lack of resources, you know, how can I be creative or um, some might say like scrappy and with what I have, make it better than it is right now. Uh, so I think that's really important. Uh, before you put the blame on somebody else, look inward to yourself. Like, was I the one that didn't communicate? And that's why 
this, you know, colleague of mine did something that I thought rubbed me the wrong way. So um, I think taking those things seriously, you know, not making assumptions, um, but really like ask yourself, like, how can I, if, if I don't have resources, how can I make something better uh, with what I do have? Exactly. I think one thing there is communicate. <laughs> if there's a if there's a, an issue, a concern, you have something you need to to bring up. It's just like having those tough conversations, especially if you're coming in the field of nutrition, like you need to be ready and prepared to have them. And like you said, not get offended or upset by what the other person's saying. You're just giving mm -hmm. constructive criticism between one another, having a conversation, and then hopefully providing feedback on what you feel could then benefit the organization, the company, the business, the athletes, right? Obviously listen to what they have to say on their side, because there's always going to be two sides to the story. And then hopefully mm -hmm. some type of compromise, or like you said, work with what you got and just absolutely kill it with what you got. And then hopefully those individuals see that. And they're like, we, we need to definitely support these guys more because he's being able to do this with this little like, what can he do if we gave him a little bit more resources or we gave them a brand new kitchen or we gave them one more staff member or like whatever it is. And, and you're just continuing to keep building value in what you do in your department. And I mean, like you've done, like it shows at the end of the day, like you can grow yeah. pretty rapidly or we, pretty, um, depending on how much effort you put in. We created a like very like rudimentary setup of a uh, live action station inside of our locker room for this past season. Um, and it was like, Hey, we're just going to try this. Um, we're going to do it in a really inexpensive way. And that station uh, was a smash hit, not just because of the food being fresh and right there, but just like the camaraderie of coming together around the food, like before the game um, and making it that special space. So um, now, you know, I'm getting quotes to, make it permanent and make it nice. So when you, you show the reason behind something that could be really good, uh, a lot of times you'll get rewarded with the resources that you desire. And if the, if the guy makes it himself, he can't say anything that it wasn't good. <laughs> there you go. But everyone thinks they're a chef, right? So they're going to be throwing down there and they're going to come to you, Anthony, like, this is like a, a 15 out of 10, man. You got to try it. Like I just made the best, whatever, best omelet or best pancakes or whatever it was like I threw down today. But like you, like you go back to you, right. It teaches them life skills. You're going to have to cook and eat your whole entire life. So like, why not learn that skill now? So that way, not only can you feel yourself life after basketball, but now you can obviously put your, your family in a good position because you can show them how to cook. You can cook for them. Maybe your kids coming up, they learn how to cook because you had those skills and you could pass those on. Like, it just becomes then like a generational thing that you're, you're yeah. supporting your family. And then those people are going to branch out to other people and support other people with that skill as well, which the more people we can teach how to cook, which is a, which is a skill sometimes I think is, is lost at times because we're in this fast food and just eating out all the time kind of, kind of mode. Right. Um, yeah. has a huge benefit. Um, but so I'm going to kind of finish things off. Uh, and I just want to ask you kind of, one last question. What are maybe like one to two people um, within sports nutrition or maybe a performance chef um, that you think dietitians should go reach out to today that would make an instant impact on having a conversation with them? Um, I feel like, uh, so I didn't say it earlier, but I, I love to read. 
um, books especially. And uh, I'm going to give a book recommendation, actually, okay. for this one. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go from a different one than sports. And it's one that you and I have actually talked about before. But I'm going to start everybody to check out Danny Meyer. Um, and he's got one book that's really, really well known called Setting the Table. Um, and then I'm gonna get one more because I love books. Like I said, um, talking about the energy stuff and, you know, the, the athlete coming in tired, telling himself he's tired. Um, the book is called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. I want to give those two. And I think that those uh, will have an immediate impact on anybody who reads them, get you to think a little bit differently. Awesome. I love that. Um, Anthony, yes. really appreciate you coming on. Um, anybody that wants to contact Anthony, we'll put his contact information in the bio. Um, anyone that wants to listen to more episodes of the Root Podcast, those are available on Spotify and Apple, Apple Podcasts um, or through Anchor, my links, all my digital links as well, which I'll put down there as well. But Anthony, love, love hearing your story. love hearing the thing that you're doing out there with the jazz and uh, keep up the great work and I know we'll be meeting again soon, probably here at the CPSDA in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you, Sean. I'll see you at the conference, bro. All right, see you later. All right, bye.